G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Now, if the Great Commission for Christians is to go into all the world with the gospel, then the chances of doing that successfully are pretty grim if we don't know actually how to articulate that gospel ourselves. Well, one organisation that's hoping to reverse that trend is Train to Proclaim. So it's a great pleasure to be joined by uh, Evangelist Stu Miller, who's uh, joined us on the programme before. Uh, our phone lines are open if you'd like to ask advice or share an opinion or tell us what you think about what we're talking about. You can call us on 1-800-880-876, 1-800-880-876. Or you can Facebook us or tweet us. Young Matt is stood standing by next door to take your calls. So uh, feel free to call Anytime now. Well, Stu, first of all, thank you very much for joining us on the programme. Thank um, you. How, how bad is it? How bad have we become? Well, I think in the East, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of evangelism going on. It's, it seems to be a very different culture to what we have here in the West. You know, it's a very communal culture. You can sort of just bowl up to people and have a chat. You know, there's a lot of people sitting around. There's a lot of, it's a very community orientated uh, society and so um, it's a lot easier to share Christ and often when we go on mission trips people come back buzzing because we shared with so many people Christ <laughs> you know it was great but it's very easy to do that but here in the West it's you know we've, we're very individualistic as a society we've got you know our fences and and walls and and some people don't even know their neighbours names you know I mean <laughs> that just would never happen in other cultures you've only got to sit, uh, on, sit on a train I was I was on a train a couple of weekends back, and it's like everyone's in a little bubble. Exactly, they've got their, got their iPhones yeah, got, on. Absolutely, and, yeah, and they're, they're not communicating at all. Yeah, we don't connect with other people as as we you know go about the, the normal course of our day. We've, we we isolate ourselves in little bubbles, and we we try not to talk or have too much eye contact, and so it makes it difficult to sort of. It feels like you're invading someone by talking with them. And so uh, it's, we've got a real challenge in our society to do that. And um, Campus Crusade for Christ says that only 2%, 2% of Christians in the Western church actually actively share their faith. Wow. Now, if this is the Great Commission, Alan, and we're, you know, to go into all the world and preach the gospel, <laughs> and if the gospel's the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes, then we've got a crisis on our hands. That's 98% of people not talking about it. Mm. Not regularly sharing their faith. Now, we we simply cannot fulfill the Great Commission with only 2% of Christians regularly yeah. sharing their faith. We've got to do something about it. Now, I find that that's, that's true here in Australia, definitely. I, I, we've trained people from over 100 different denominations, and I, and I preach in a lot of different churches. And I often ask the question, you know, who here today feels that they can articulate the historic gospel message with a non-Christian? I'm not going to ask you to come up the front and do it or anything, but just let me know if you can. And I can normally count on one hand the number of people who say they can. Now, that's a that's a crisis. You know, uh, most people have got a heart to share the gospel, but and they've heard a thousand sermons, go into all the world and <laughs> preach the gospel. We all know we're meant to be doing it. But it's like somehow we've lost the training and equipping and empowering aspect where we've uh, you know, really taken this seriously as churches and said we're going to empower our people to be able to 
create opportunities to share the gospel and then articulate a really clear, loving gospel message for someone. Because we all think we can do it. I I mean, as you're saying this, I'm thinking, actually, could I do it? (laughs) I think I can. Yes. But but it's it's more complicated than it used to be because in times past, we perhaps were able to, to... People had a basic knowledge, yes, because it was still a society where where the church was important. Most people would have gone to church, so at least would know some of the basics if of of the faith, even if they didn't actually have that faith themselves. Whereas yeah. I guess you're you're, you're starting you're starting from scratch now. Well, yeah, I call it the washing line. You know, <laughs> that we used to have the washing line, and, and we used to just be able to peg the clothes on. You know, explain the elements of the gospel, and and people would get it. But now we've got to erect the washing line to begin with. People just have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, some people, you know, Jesus is a swear word. They they haven't they have no background at all. Some people have never prayed in their life, never read the Bible, and we meet them all the time. Yeah, as we go out and, and share the gospel. So we've we've got to have some tools that help us start at base level and be able to communicate effectively. As far as individual Christians are concerned, mm-hmm. is this something that that should be done at an individual level, or is it something that should be done at a at a church level, or is it somewhere in between? Well, I would say it's both. Um, I think any time we're sharing the gospel, uh, communicating clearly and lovingly the gospel, then that's a wonderful thing, whether we're doing it as a church or as individuals. But primarily the Great Commission was given to individuals. Jesus said to his disciples, and there was actually over 500 people present uh, when he gathered, uh, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Now, that wasn't a command for certain people or just for the church as a whole. It was for each and every one of us. So uh, often we've got the come and see approach, you know, and I think it's because, you know, particularly through the 70s where we had a lot of crusades and a lot of evangelists that stand up the front and preach, we had this model where evangelism was you inviting your friend along to an event, yeah, to yeah, a crusade yeah. or a meeting been, or something. been there and done that, got that T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and so we, as Christians, we, we got this idea that evangelism, that's what evangelism is, is come and see. It's saying to a friend, come and see. Whereas in the, the Great Commission, the heart of the Great Commission is go and tell. Jesus mm. said, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. So it's proactive. It's us going into the world and being salt and light, living a godly life and proclaiming the message of salvation to people. So we've we've in our minds we've got to we've got to make that paradigm shift. Otherwise, we'll think, oh, well, what evangelism is inviting someone along to church, and then the pastor will preach the gospel. Well, no, we're personally responsible to learn how to do that and to communicate that. Yeah, you said it like that. It sounds easy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll take a break, and then we'll come back and chat some more about how we can practically do that. Life, culture, and current events from a biphysical perspective. 2020. The indeed phone lines are open, 1-800-880-876. We're talking about uh, evangelism and how we're not actually getting the hang of it very much. Our guest is Stu Miller from Train to Proclaim. Let's talk a little bit about your app because I think your app is brilliant. Now, this is something you can, you can download. And the idea is it is to help people share their faith. Where, where, where did that idea come from? Well, I think we're trying to always be innovative and creative and think about how can we best communicate the gospel within our culture. It may be, you know, in some cultures it may be very easy to run a crusade or, you know, just to preach on the street or do a a number of things that really still work in a lot of cultures. But what what is going to work today? Now, I'm not not saying crusades and preaching on the street don't work, (laughs) and there's some people who do that very well. Um, But what I'm saying is for, for most Christians, 
How will they communicate in our culture? And let's face it, most of us have got a smartphone in our pocket. Mm. So uh, <laughs> if you've got a smartphone or a tablet, then um, you can download our app, and it just makes it a lot easier to share the gospel because you can pull it out at any point and say, hey, have a look at this. Or you might get into a discussion with someone, and you're talking about uh, Christian things, and you say, oh, this explains it really well, and you just pull it out. It's a very natural thing to do. I mean, we're always showing each other apps, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. But these it's, usually, days. it's usually funny cats or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, or a new game or <laughs> Yeah, something, yeah. but but it, it becomes a very natural thing and a very appropriate thing in our culture to be able to do. So, so the idea is that one of the things on there is is a video that, that basically is is how you become a Christian and, and why you should become a Christian in ten minutes, uh, seven minutes, seven yeah, minutes. yeah, gospel in seven. It's exactly <laughs> seven minutes long. The video. Um, well, there's two options when you come to the front page of the app. There's there's the video gospel in seven and the interactive. Gospel and Seven. The video really is is just a video, so it's great if you uh, don't have a lot of confidence to share the gospel. And you might, you know, download the app and start with the video. Just give it to some your phone to someone and say, "Have it, have a look at this." You know, you've got a friend around. You say, "Look, see what you think of this," and that's all you need to say. And give them the phone. It does the introduction for you. It does the gospel presentation for you. How to become a Christian, and it even has a response page at the end where they can uh, put in their their response. And they can put their email address, and it sends them a customized email automatically based on their response, giving them more information, uh, So, which is brilliant. So it does the whole thing for you. So if you don't have a lot of confidence to share the gospel, just start there. But if you have a bit more confidence, then use the interactive Gospel in 7 or G7. It's a, it's a great way to share the gospel because it's you communicating yourself. And as long as you can read and you can tap on the screen, you can do it. It's like cue cards. It is. It is. <laughs> it's, uh, the, you know, the, if you, I mean, not everyone can read an auto cue, but uh, when uh, it, it's an auto cue for evangelism. Well, it is, but it's 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 more than just pictures and, and narration. It's yeah. um, it's inter, it's animated to begin with. <laughs> it's in, interactive. Um, it actually inserts the person's name into the presentation. It goes on different paths depending on how people answer questions. So it's not a one size fits all. Mm. Uh, it even uh, you can customize it for yourself. It accesses the gallery on your device, and you can choose a photo of you, <laughs> and then you can crop it even within the program. And uh, when you've got it looking just right, you hit use, and it puts it into the presentation. So it looks like your own custom app. Uh, and like I say, at the end, it's got automatic emails that get sent off to people that gives people more information and follows up people for you. Uh, yeah, it's a brilliant app. There's, there's so many really good functions on it. So if people want to download it, we'll mention it again at the end, but if people want sure. to download it and have a look at it now while we're chatting, yep, sure. they, can, they can go to the app stores? Yep. If you've got an Android or an iPhone, you can go to um, your appropriate app store and just type in gospel in seven. That's gospel, I-N, and then the number seven. And it'll come up. It's a blue icon, um, and it'll have G7 written on the icon. Yeah. You got me to do it yesterday, and hey, if I can do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, uh, I, I still find it interesting that, that we've found ourselves in this in this pretty past. Is it, is it partly because, and I was wondering this, knowing that you were coming in today, and knowing that that to one of our presenters, Karen, is down at Hillsong, you know that, those big mega events that mm. that we love so much, and the big mega mega churches, it's actually quite easy to become within that huge that huge circle of Christians. You can become quite insular and and not not necessarily outward looking. That, that's a danger, isn't it? Absolutely, and I, I think it's a danger for all churches, big and small, is is that we. We end up focusing inwards instead of outwards, and you know this is this is why we're here. 
uh, if we were just here to fellowship, if that was our purpose, we, we may as well go to heaven straight away. <laughs> There's going to be fellowship for all of eternity. You know, yeah. if it was just about worship, again, we may as well go to heaven and, and worship. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, we're going to be worshiping for all of eternity, but... There's one thing that we cannot do once we go to heaven. There's one thing that we only have one shot at while we're here on earth, and that is to proclaim the gospel and make disciples. And that's why it's the Great Commission. That's why it's Jesus' last words before he left earth. And so we've got to prioritize that. If we miss that, we miss the whole point. You talked about confidence, and I think that's that's a major thing, isn't it? And, and perhaps particularly in the society that we have now where it isn't cool to be a Christian anymore and um, if you'd start talking about things like that, you are in danger of at the very least being poked a little fun at and sometimes worse. Mm. Um, to have that confidence to, to talk about your faith to someone, that that can be an uphill struggle. I agree. And, and I think a lot of people struggle with that, that how they're going to be perceived. But again, if you have some training on how to share the gospel um, and you get some good tools and you know them well, you're, you know, you're 90% there. Because you've got a lot of confidence in, in the way that you present the gospel and you know that it's going to come across well. No person's going to understand it well. Now, And, and once you've done it a few times, you know that it, people respond really well to the presentation. So I would say that if, if, you, if you haven't got any training and you're sort of just bumbling along and you're trying to you know, articulate it as best as you can, and you, you may not have had some very positive experiences in the past and someone might have thrown you some curly questions and you didn't really know how to answer and you felt like a bit of an idiot and then you're thinking, oh, I'm, I'm no good at this. It's not for me. <laughs> you know. And a lot of people come yeah. to the oh, conclusion, yeah. it's, yeah. it's not for me. Yeah. Whereas in an, it's a command of Christ, like to love one another. <laughs> you, know, you can't just say, oh, I'm no good at loving people. I'm going to give up. <laughs> you, know? yeah, you, you can't do that. Yeah. And <laughs> it, there are so many things that can put you off. It's, when I was a very young Christian yes. and quite inexperienced, um, I remember going out with a group of people and, and we were going to go and knock on people's doors. Mm-hmm. And just uh, there was an event going on at our church and we were going to offer them a, a, a devotional mm-hmm. and say, if you'd like to come along. And I knocked on this door. And when the door opened, it was a famous actor who happened to live there. Uh, who was who was on a series at the time called Z Cars, and it was it was a huge series. It was you know the most popular thing on TV, and my mind went completely blank. Uh, I, I thought, I, yeah. no, I have absolutely no idea what I'm standing in front of this man for. He was very nice yes. <laughs> and encouraged me on, and said, "Would you like me to see that?" Because I'm standing there with my mouth open and uh, <laughs> handing handing this this devotional to him. So he took it off me, and he said. Thank you very much. Thanks for calling and very graciously shut the door. And I was just, I thought, what a dummy. (laughs) And I completely, it completely put me off. And and Mm. I don't know, that sort of thing happens, doesn't it? Someone says the wrong thing or something unexpected happens and and you just lose your train of thought and and then you're you're lost. How do you keep that concentration going? (laughs) Well, well, first of all, I think you raise a really good point in that uh, non-Christians are actually very gracious and Mm. they're very polite and we think they're going to swear at us and, and, you know, say something nasty or, you know, put us down. But most of the time, that you know, if you come in a, in a good spirit, in a loving way uh, to present the gospel to them, a lot, of, a lot of the time they're very, very gracious. You know, most of the time I'd say. I, I would say that 98% of the people that I share with will thank me afterwards. Now, that's a good result, mm. you know, when they thank you. For doing, you know, for sharing the gospel with them now, but it's all on the way that you do it. And I, again, I think it's about training. 
if you have training, it gives you a lot more confidence and you know how to communicate and how to leave them with their dignity intact without smashing them and being really judgmental, but at the same time communicating those truths as well. So uh, there's a bit of obviously a bit of an art to it, but if you've got some good tr- tools and training, it'll give you a lot more confidence to make it happen. It's quite hard though, isn't it? Because that at the base, you're telling people that that they are a sinner, and right. and they are going to go to hell. Those mm-hmm. are uncomfortable truths at the best mm-hmm. of times. Yep. <laughs> and if you're trying to get alongside someone, that's quite a hard truth to to find a way to express that. How do you do that? Well, that's why we use the app. Because with the app, one of the advantages is is, is when you're just talking with someone face-to-face, you're, you're, there's a lot of eyeballing. And, and the more eye contact you have, the greater the intensity and the greater the, the confrontation and the more icy the conversation can get, particularly when you start talking about sin and judgments and things like that. But when you've got something to look at, it breaks that whole um, that whole confrontation down. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like the phone. This is what the app's saying. <laughs> it's not me. It's the app. <laughs> and so when you, when you're going through, you know, and they're watching the app, they're not looking into your eyes, and you're just presenting what the Bible says. So if anyone ever argues with me, and it actually very rarely ever happens. I mean, I've been a full time evangelist for over twenty years. Tried all sorts of different evangelism and, and you know tools and and all sorts. And uh, I find now this has revolutionized my evangelism because instead of getting into a big argument with a person, because when you're just talking with them, it's like their opinion versus your opinion. And then you just get end up butting heads yeah. and end up, you know, and then they say, oh, yeah, but what about evolution? Or what about all the starving Africans? And then all of a sudden, you know, you're defending your faith. And an hour later, you walk away and you go, actually, I don't even communicate the gospel. Well, I spend my whole time defending my faith, not presenting it. But since I've been using the G7, it's revolutionized my evangelism because you always present the gospel. And because they're looking at something, then it's like a third person. You're just mm. the messenger boy. And if they argue with me, I then go, oh, you know, it's an interesting point you raised there, but I'm just presenting what the Bible says. You've got to work out whether that's right or not. You just put it back onto them. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay. And that, <laughs> But I do say something interesting. I, I normally say, but you know what? It's uh, you know, you need to think about why you believe what you believe. Because if your beliefs elevated above what the Bible says, then you're a braver person than I am. Ooh, and, yes. and, you, and so you <laughs> haven't argued with them, but you've challenged them to think about why do they believe? What's the foundation for truth in their life? What's the foundation for them believing what they believe? Uh, you know, and if their beliefs above what the Bible says, boy, do you wow. want to be in that position? So they <laughs> they walk away challenged, and then yeah. the Holy Spirit can work on them. I don't believe in arguing pe- with people. I've had fair, my fair share of arguments as, as an evangelist over the years, and really, it doesn't get anywhere. You just put. It feels like you're pushing the person further away. You may you may have some great answers for them, you know, but uh, you know you might win the argument, but you lose the person. Yeah. And I, I'm now a lot more about just being. Just being a lot more relaxed in my evangelism, allow you know, saying, God, this is your job, not my job. Uh, all I'm going to do is just present the best that I can, the gospel, and allow you to, to work in their life. And, and it's, yeah, it's a lot better. Okay. <laughs> all right, well, our guest on the program is Stuart Miller from uh, Train to Proclaim. And it's something of an evangelism masterclass today. So if you've ever found yourself in a position where you didn't know quite what to say or what to do or how to handle it or how to answer a question, now is your chance to ask someone who might have at least a clue as to as to where we should go. So you can give us a call, 1-800-880-876, and uh, uh, Stu will do his best, I'm sure, to, to find an answer. When it comes to evangelism, Stu, we, 
we're quite shy, aren't we? That's and we talked about a lack of confidence, but actually that first moment of of going to someone and saying, "Can I tell you about my faith?" is quite hard. Yes, I, I think the the approach or the introduction is the hardest part about evangelism. Once you're chatting with someone about Jesus, there's no problem. People relax, you relax, and it's all okay. But it's the the main fear involved in evangelism is that initial. Uh, turning the conversation over over to Jesus, talking about Jesus, whether that be with a family member or a friend or a neighbor across the fence or or a total stranger, whatever the case, it's that moment where you try to introduce the conversation to talking about Christ, where you think, how are they going to react? Mm. It's like it's a little bit of a lottery, you know. <laughs> you know, how will this person react to to me changing the conversation around? You know, is it is it harder with someone you know or with someone who's a stranger? Well, it depends on on the person sharing the gospel. But personally, the hardest uh, times I've had for sharing the gospel have definitely been with family. They have definitely been the hardest, you know. Uh, And a lot of people find that. They find the people closest to them the hardest to reach because, you know, uh, it just it's a difficult thing to be able to to broach that subject with them. They they know you, they know your life, they know your weaknesses, your faults. They they see everything, um, and and also they're a lot more honest with you. You know, strangers are very polite. They'll listen to you even if they don't want to. Almost, you know, uh, but but family members, you know, they they could tell you to. to Go away, <laughs> or use other words. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I guess that, that they, as you say, they they know your weaknesses and and they see the way you live your life. So that yeah. that I guess, but in other, well, hopefully that's a positive yeah, thing. Yeah, say in other words, that can go <laughs> yeah. the other way, couldn't it? Because they could sure. say, well, why are you different? Yes, so, that's right. Does it often yeah. happen that way that someone will approach, will ask you a question as to as to why you believe something or, or why you act in a certain way or, or about the beliefs that you hold? Does it always from Christian to non-believer? Is it does sometimes does it come the other way? It does sometimes, but I'd have to say it's it's more of a rarity. If you're someone who regularly shares the gospel, I would say that you know ninety five percent or more of the time it's going to be you initiating that conversation because you can't just wait. There are a lot of people who have come up to me and they've said, "Oh, yes, Stuart, that's great what you're doing," but I just I just wait for you know I live a good life and I shine my light before men and and you know try to be a good witness and live a godly life and I you know and I have people on occasion that will come up to me and say, what's different about you? Now, I think that's wonderful if, when people do it, but I have to say, how often does it really happen? Yeah. You know, like we, we, we sometimes pray and we say, God, give us an opportunity to share you with someone today. And, and I think that's a terrible prayer. Now, you, might, you might be going, what do you mean? That's a, I wish more Christians prayed that prayer. But, but what are we actually wanting? You know, we're wanting God to do everything. We say, God, land an opportunity on my lap. You know, let yeah. me pull into the, the, to the gas station. I go to pay my bill and the person looks at me and says, wow. I see a halo around your head. Are you a Christian? What must I do to be saved? And then we go, hmm, I think this might be an opportunity. You know, but what do we actually want with yeah. that? You know, yeah. I mean, remember what Jesus said, go into all the world. That's proactive. It's not reactive. It's not waiting for people to come to us. It's actually us taking the steps and creating the opportunity. And we need to learn how to do that. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you haven't been to a, a training course in evangelism or, you know, get a, get a hold of our, on our website, traintoproclaim.com. We, we run training events in churches all around the nation and around the world. And we'd love to, uh, to you know, if, if this, you're listening to this program and you're going, you know, I'd love to learn more about sharing the gospel. And I know my church would really love more. Uh, get them, get some, some more information off our website and uh, maybe we can do a training event.
Yeah. Um, and, of course, get hold of the app because that will, that will get you That'll back really to Vegas straight away. Well, let's get to the phones. We've got uh, Tristan who is uh, on the Gold Coast. And, uh, Tristan, uh, good day to you. How are you? Good, man. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, I can see that you've got a curly question for Stu. Yeah. Yeah, I was um, – thanks for having me, by the way. Yeah, um, no worries. I was in Surfers Paradise, and I was talking to um, people as they, as they walked past um, and giving them – handing out gospel tracks and stuff like that. And um, these two guys came up to me, and they were homosexuals. I wasn't actually aware of it. I just – yeah, I didn't even know until they told me. Um, but I was going through – I asked them if they knew what this gospel track was. And they said, not really. And I said, oh, I'll run, I'll run, I'll run it through with you. And pretty much the gospel track – explains the Ten Commandments and shows them how they're a sinner and then it runs through the gospel and how Jesus died for them, etc. Anyway, so I was running through the Ten Commandments and asking them if they've told a lie before and they've stolen anything and if they've committed adultery. And I asked them, um, yeah, when I was asking about committing adultery, I told them about what Jesus said in Matthew, how he speaks about um, if you commit, I mean, if you look at another woman with lust, you commit adultery in your heart. And then they said to me, in, re- in return, they said, well, that won't be a problem because I'm gay. And I said, okay, that's fine. But Jesus was talking about the sin of lusting after another person. It doesn't necessarily mean what sex you're lusting after. Um, and then he pretty much got up and said, okay, that's enough. I've had it. See you later. I was wondering what I could do better in that circumstance. Mm. Well, how do you approach that? That's a good one, Stu. Over to you. <laughs> well, first of all, Tristan, uh, congratulations that, that you're out there doing that. That's fantastic. And, uh, yeah. it's, and it's really good that you're using the law and evangelism. A lot of people just want to talk about love and grace and all this sort of thing. And, and we need to talk about that. But mm. unless people understand why they need to be saved, they'll have no need for a saviour. Yeah, and uh, so you obviously understand that because you're you're, going, you're using some tools that are you know uh, going through some of the Ten Commandments and letting people know that they've broken God's laws. Now, yeah. uh, it's it's once been said that the gospel makes people either sad, mad, or glad, and, I've heard that, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's the responses. You know, like some people, uh, you know, like the rich young ruler that went away sad because he mm-hmm. understood and he he wasn't prepared to give it up. Um, and he knew that that was the way to eternal life. You know, some people are glad because they they see Jesus as the answer to to their sin, and yep. that, that he's died for them and they, they receive him, which is great. And then there are some people who will get mad, and yep. unfortunately, you know, that's just part of the parcel. I'm not sure that you've done anything wrong, Kristen. You know, <laughs> I think yep. that the most important thing for me is in any situation like that is is to be gracious and loving, and to include yourself. The big thing yeah. for me when I'm using using the law is I say, look, you know, I've done this before. I've lusted yeah. after women, you know, so I've committed adultery in my heart. So when I see people start to get a bit antsy, I sort of, you know, start talking about myself rather than them, and they can go, okay, we're in the same boat here. <laughs> Stuart, mm. you know, he's he's got th- these problems. I've got these problems. And then you can, you know, but, you know, you, you, can't, you can't avoid uh, doing what you've done, though, Tristan, and, and sort of just go, yeah. oh, well, I'll just talk about how Jesus died for them because it means nothing to people unless they understand why he died. That's right. They need to know the cure. I mean, they need to know to have a disease before you give them the cure, right? Exactly right. Yeah. Good question, so, Tristan. Oh, sorry. Oh. Um, it was interesting because, like, the conversation was going really well, and I was really lenient, and I was saying, look, I've broken all these commandments. I'm a sinner. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a filthy sinner before the Lord. Yeah. Um, and, and I was the conversation was going great as well, and then um, 
And then as soon as I brought that question up, it's like I hit, it's like I hit a button. Yes. Um, or a soft spot, I guess. And um, then they just really reacted. So. Mm. Well, I think also, I mean, there's the whole thing about homosexuality has been quite a, there's a stigma involved in that. And so mm. you can talk about lying and cheating and stealing and, and other things. And we all say, yeah, 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 I've, I've stolen something. Yeah, yeah, I've, mm. I've hated someone. I've, I've done these things. But when it becomes uh, directly involved in homosexuality, because there's a massive push, you know, that, that homosexuals yeah. are, are born, not made, and all this sort yeah. of thing. And, you know, if you say anything against that, you're, you're talking against me, not about what yeah. I do, but against me personally. Yeah. So it carries a, an extra weight. For some people, they think you're disrespecting them rather yeah. than saying, well, look, you know, we've all got, you know, desires in us that are wrong <laughs> and God needs to sort us all out. And mm. it, you know what? It, it doesn't matter how, how much you try and communicate that. Sometimes they're just going to get offended. Uh, yeah. But you can only be as loving and gracious as you can and, um, you know, do the best that you can and allow God to work on their hearts and lives. And at the end of the day, you're going to get some people who just – won't understand because I guess that's the bottom line, isn't it? That that in the end, it will only be through the action of God that anything mm. actually happens. That's right. Good call, Kristen. Thank you so much for your for your call. Nice to talk to you. Well, thanks for having me. Guys. All right. Yeah, good take on care. You. Bye. Uh, let's uh, move on to Margaret, who's in Brisbane. Margaret, uh, hello. How are you? Good, thank you. Now uh, you uh, you told uh, Matt that you were excited about sharing your faith, and you've done quite a bit of it with the YWAM and Operation Mobilization. Yeah. I'm really, really excited to hear this program because um, I think, you know, each one of us that has a relationship with the Lord, it's, um, it's not an optional extra to do this. You know, if we really love That's Jesus, right. we really need to be out there and just pray that God would give us opportunities of just entering into conversation with people that we meet anywhere and everywhere. Mm. It's very mm. easy, though, isn't it, to, to, to sort of sit back on our laurels a bit. Once, once we've, we've got our faith sorted, yeah. um, it's, it's uncomfortable to go out. Well, I, I initially found that, I mean, when I was about 15 years of age, I was even almost too shy to go outside and get a, a letter out of the letterbox because I thought people might see me, you know, and I had such a low self-esteem. And, and then through a course of events, through different organizations that I got involved with, and especially OM and YOM, that helped me to see that I'm a person of worth, a person of dignity, that there is a calling on my life, and started to realize that that's all junk from the evil one. It's just his method of trying to keep me quiet mm. and then through these organizations i was released into seeing that wow you know i am a person that's just as valuable to christ as anybody else and and because of that i need to really share this with other people because perhaps they're going through the same junk as what i was going through mm. a lot of people wear masks you know and when you show genuine respect and, and approach them with genuine love and just talk to them about their day and what they're doing and and pay attention to what they're saying You'll soon get their listening ear. Oh, Absolutely. Key word there is genuine, isn't it? Absolutely. If you really, you, you talked before about looking in their eyes. Sometimes people just want to have somebody sit with them and listen to them. Mm. And, mm. and one big area, um, a group of people that I've found recently is a lot of students come here from those cultures you were talking about before that are community-minded, like um, people from India or, or from the Latinos, they're used to having mums and dads and uncles and aunties around them. Mm. And then they come here thinking that, wow, Australia's going to be the land of their dreams. They're going to get their university degrees and, and, and get a job and get some money and, and, and get on with life. But they don't realize that mum and dad aren't in their bag. And, and, mm. and, and they, they, they go through terrible loneliness and, and, and mm. horrible things happen to them. 
And uh, I've found that if you can just be like a, a mum or an auntie to them, they genuinely open up. You know, mm. it's just amazing. And uh, just, just for instance, just this last week, I went up to the plaza and uh, this guy was looking for people's names to go into a drawer to get this special kind of a bed for people who've got mobility issues. And I thought, well, Lord, you can turn this around. How can I get close to this young man? Anyway, before too long, he started calling me, oh, you, you, you're just like a mum type thing. And, and then a couple of days later, we swapped phone numbers. And a couple of days ago, he was just on the phone just weeping and weeping and weeping. Wow. Yeah. And um, I said, well, look, you know, I'm not going to force anything on you, but what you really need is Jesus because he loves you and he's so special. I said, look, I'm in my bedroom. I'll get on my knees. How about you go to your bedroom right now and get on your knees? Anyway, he's weep. I'm almost weeping, telling you. And he, was weep- and he says, okay, okay, I'll take Jesus into my heart. He was a Brahmin, Brahmin Hindu. Mm, wow. Yeah. All the hairs have stood up on the back of my neck. Yeah. <laughs> that's that, great. That's, that's amazing, Margaret. Thank you very yeah. much for sharing that with us. And, I, I, and, and once a, a Krishna came into the shop, I used to work at a Christian bookshop for about 20-odd years. He comes in with all his orange gear and paint and beads. And, and oh, yeah, I thought, oh, my goodness, they're brainwashed. I, I won't know what to say to them. So I just busied myself in the office, and the Lord said, go out and talk to him. I said, but I don't know what to say to this guy. And again, the Lord says, go out and talk to him. I said, okay, okay. So then I got busy doing something else. I finally went out. And he started ranting and raving, telling me all about what he believed and everything. But underneath, he's really searching. Mm. And so he stayed there for quite a while, and he talked to one staff member and to another staff member. And then it was t- I think it was closing time. And then I, I, I didn't remember saying it, but I said to him, yes, but have you read the truth? And then we all closed up the shop. Enough. And next morning, he's back in the shop. <laughs> Wow. I didn't recognize him. He had an ordinary hairdo and, and an ordinary civvy clothes on type thing. He said, don't you remember me? And I said, oh, I'm sorry, no, I don't. He said, I was the one here yesterday asking all those questions. I got saved. I got saved. I said, well, wow, could, could you just tell me what was it that turned you to start to think about Christ instead of Krishna? He said, you said to me, have you read the truth? Wow. <laughs> That's great. I know. Amazing I'm story. I'm telling you so. And the the other thing is, you know, like, you catch a fish before you clean it. Yes. And so there's no point going up to saying somebody, oh, you know, you shouldn't be sleeping around or you shouldn't shouldn't be smoking. People know they're doing the wrong thing. What they need to, um, they need to hear that they've been loved. Mm, Yeah. And when you show that genuine love, they begin to open up like a, like a rose in its, in its right time, you know? Yeah. There's a few things that you've, you've brought up, Margaret, that are very interesting. Um, just, just on that last point, I think that, um, uh, you know, the, the point of, of bringing, you know, some of the commandments and the law is not to make people feel bad or to try and clean the fish up, yeah. but but it's to, to let them know that they need to be saved because most people don't actually need, know their need of a saviour mm. and it's only when they realise their sin that they'll, they'll need that. So, mm. so um, uh, but the point, I wanted to, to, to go back to your very first point that you're saying that you, you, couldn't even go out to, you know, struggle to go out to the letterbox. And here yeah. you are going around sharing with people, people coming to know the Lord. This yeah. is great. And I, yeah. I think it's a really good point because uh, some of the listeners might be sitting there going, yeah, you know, it's okay for you, Stu, you're an evangelist, or it's yeah. okay for these people calling in, you know. But that's not my personality type. I'm shy. Yeah. I can't do this. Well, do you know what? It's going to take all of us to reach the world. 
Amen. You know, and it takes all types to reach all types. I know there's there's people that you're going to be able to reach that I'll never be able to reach. That's right. And I'll be able to reach people you'll never be able to reach Amen. because we've got different personalities, we've got different right. approaches, you know, and and we've got different oikoses, networks, people that we're bumping into. So yeah, exactly. uh, it's we're all got to work together. So it's Absolutely. a fantastic, it's fantastic, yeah, fantastic point you've just brought through, and hopefully a real encouragement to those listening today so. that God can use any of us. To do this, to share oh, the gospel with people. Such a low self-esteem. My father came back from the war. A light bulb would fall off the ceiling in the middle of the night, and dad would scream out, "The Japs are coming! The Japs are coming!" Those days, they never had the the exit and um, psych, well, the counselling type thing mm, um, mm. that people do today. And so, my father never gave me love. So I'm growing up in a family that I knew my dad loved me, but it was very, very difficult for me to get my sense of self worth. So I grew up with an incredible low self-esteem, and yeah. I felt I was rubbish, and it was mm. as God brought across my path different Christian leaders and, like I said before, different organizations that I finally worked through all that trash, mm. and, and God set me free to be me. You know, my mm. name's not written in, in, in lights, flashing lights anywhere, but I'm just as valuable to Christ as Billy Graham or any great person. <laughs> Absolutely. And we all are. Yeah, that's a yes. great point, Margaret. I, I want to move on because we've got a couple of other calls coming in, so we'll try yeah. and squeeze as many in as we can. can before I just we have to get... by saying one thing? Yeah, of course. If people are really nervous about sharing. They don't know how to use the app that you're talking about or really just don't know what to say. Or like, what, one thing that I, I do all around the world is uh, when I find a good Christian radio station, I write on the back of the bus tick or anything, a bit of paper, <laughs> and say, here, listen to this radio station. I hope, I hope you get them to listen to us. Ah, excellent. I, I tell people about Vision Radio all the time. You are a star, Margaret. Thank you very much indeed. All right, love, take care. And keep up the great work. Keep motivating many, many people all around the world. All right. Thanks, Thank you, Margaret. love. Take care. Bye. All right, uh, let's move down the coast. We'll go to uh, New South Wales. We've got Kevin Parks on the line. Kevin, uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon, gentlemen. That was right. a funny conversation. <laughs> that was great. She's, yeah, she's great. God bless her for her passion, eh? <laughs> yeah. Well, what did you want to say? Um, I was just, I was just, I'm really enjoying this conversation. Um, I wouldn't call myself an evangelist myself, but I um, have definitely taken up the mandate as a Christian to share my faith. Um, people say, oh, you're a great evangelist, Kev. I'm like, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> um, one thing I do, um, I'm, I'm yet to look at this app you're talking about. I'll definitely get that and um, give that a, a, a squeeze and see how we go. But one thing I definitely do when I evangelize or share my faith is Lord, you know this person way better than I ever will. They're an absolutely unique person. What is the one thing um, that I can say? And I remember there was a time I was praying that prayer on the train in Sydney, just near Lewisham, and there's this lady sort of having a lunch on the train. And as I'm praying that, the Lord just had said to me, go over and talk to her. And I just knew exactly what to say. And I said, um, I hope that's bigger cheese you're eating. <laughs> it was just a one-off word that just came from nowhere, uh, from God, obviously. And um, she started questioning in her head, and she spoke out loud and said, oh, yeah, oh, the cheese, oh, yeah, this was on special. I love Bega cheese. It was, Bega cheese was her favourite cheese, and she didn't buy it because this other one was on special. Anyway, we talked about cheese for about 20 minutes. I said, <laughs> it's great talking about cheese, but can I talk to you about Jesus? And she, she folded up a, up a sandwich, put it back in the letterbox, and looked at me. She said, you're the third person today. What have you got to say, say to me? So I just shared my faith and shared the gospel message with her, and she, she just closed her eyes, and she said, pray for me. <laughs> wow! Well, this random, random thing that is, I've got goosebumps going right through me just talking about. But just knowing the God who knows everybody and to turn to Him and say, "Lord, you know this person better." It's just something I've embraced in my life. And nine times out of ten, God just gives you a word, just you know, that this for this individual, 
Um, it's just it's just a wonderful thing that it's not about us, it's about his work. We all we know we know this stuff. But, mm. Yeah, that's all I've got to say. <laughs> that's great. That's great stuff. Thank you very much indeed, Kevin. All right. All right, mate. Yeah. Take care. Um, we've had one more call. I don't think we're going to have time to squeeze it in because we've literally got about a minute left to go. Um, that's uh, Ravinia who was in Bunbury. Um, what I might do, Ravinia, if you hang on the line, I might come to you after the one o'clock news. I'm looking at the producer who's throwing his hands up in horror. Um, so if you don't mind hanging on, Ravinia, we'll come back and we'll have a chat with you immediately after the one o'clock news. So, uh, so stay with us. Uh, Stu, so many different stories. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful, and and God does this. You know, he, he's he's at work in people's lives, and and when we put up a hand and say, God, I want to be used by you. I want to, you know, take the opportunities that are out there. I want to make opportunities to share the gospel and allow you to to move in people's lives. It's a wonderful thing, you know. But uh, I'd encourage people to to download the app, yep. get, get get some some good tools and and good good training. And uh, so you feel a lot more confident about how you can appropriately and lovingly share the gospel with people. Great. Stu, thank you so much for your time. It's been great to have you. I know we'll have you back another time. But uh, for now, thank you very much indeed. Thank you for having me on the show. That's Stu Miller from Train to Proclaim. And uh, you can go to traintoproclaim.org. Uh, no, dot com. Dot com is the uh, is the uh, uh, website to go to, or you can just go to uh, your app store and pick up the app from there. Gospel and Seven, absolutely. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts, or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.